Well, today our passage is in Matthew 22 as we continue uh, with Jesus' uh, teachings in the the last week of his life, uh, where he's uh, continuing to help us focus on what is essential for our life in him. And today he, he gives one of the many stories that he tells about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Now, To give you an idea, what he means when we say the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. It's like when, uh, as a kid, I would go to Nanny's house. Now, Nanny was my grandmother, my mother's mom. And Nanny's no no longer um, with us. Uh, um, She's fully experiencing the kingdom of God today. But when we went to Nanny's house, there were just a, a... a way of uh, of acting. There were certain rules to follow that were just very different than my house in which I grew up. Uh, the house I grew up, you know, we were um, pretty open. Uh, the people could walk or in whatever room they wanted, open the refrigerator whenever they wanted. Um, we didn't have a big sense of privacy. There was no rooms that were locked off from anybody. But at Nanny's house, um, y- there were certain rooms you, you were never allowed in Nanny's bedroom. Door was always closed and you could not go in there. Uh, you, you couldn't go in the kitchen unless Nanny was in there. Just wasn't allowed. Those were some of the ways of Nanny's house, some of the ways of Nanny's rules. In a way, it was the, the way of Nanny's kingdom when you were in her house. Now, we enjoyed going there. It was just different than the rules at mom and dad's kingdom, which is the house that I grew up in. Well, in in a similar way, that's what we mean when we talk about God's kingdom. It it means when we live according to the rules of God. Now, it's not a physical location. There's not a physical house because God is present everywhere. And the church is to live according to God's kingdom, God's rules, wherever we go. Not just on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday morning, noon, and night. And so when Jesus tells us stories or parables, the the Bible calls them, about God's kingdom, about the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's a way of explaining to us, this is the way life works with God. This, this is the, uh, the way to explain and understand God's character, what is important to God and how we respond and live in the, the fullness of God's kingdom. So uh, this is one of those stories in Matthew 22, starting with verse 1. Um, let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for your written word, and we ask that you would speak to us through this word. Impact what we think, impact what we say, and what we do, so that you might be glorified and we might live according to your kingdom. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. All right, Matthew 22, starting with verse 1. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who were invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come, come. To the wedding feast. But they paid no attention. 
and went off one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of the Lord. Now, the the first thing that I want us to to see in this passage is the very nature and character of God. Uh, To see in God's kingdom, this is how God works. I mean, He puts on a party. He puts on a huge feast, a sumptuous feast for all to enjoy. Uh, God is is generous and celebratory about life. Often when Jesus tells these stories that the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of heaven is like this, it ends up, he ends up telling the story of a feast, of of a party, because that's the, the nature of God, and that's what it is to live with God, to live in God's kingdom. It is truly a celebration of the goodness of life, of what is good and right, what is loving. To, to know and experience the, the peace and the purpose and the joy of life with God. And you got to, to hear a little bit of that from, uh, from Cedric today as, as he shared about uh, the, the things that he's just, that he's sure of. In this uncertain world, there's a few things that, that he is sure of with, with God. Because of his life with God, he is sure that, that he is with Jesus. Uh, that that his his life is 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 in Jesus. That, that God has called him to to follow Jesus. He, he's enjoyed the, the the celebration of 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 committed love in a relationship with his wife, and he's sure of that. And he, he's sure, as he shared, of of just God's gifts being used um, in a way that is purposeful, in a way that brings glory to God as a musician, and. and it, Shared a little bit of just that story of experiencing this kind of party, this celebration of life as he seeks to live in God's kingdom. I think it's what Jesus is saying too when he said that um, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. I mean, so often we, we think of um, uh, living in, uh, in God's kingdom as a, a responsibility, a duty, a drudgery, but, but it's regularly said no this is a celebration of life this is a part this is the nature of god such generosity such uh, celebration and we also see in this passage that god is actively pursuing people he's actively pursuing you and me as you you, you see in in this uh, um in the parable, and what was common in, in those days is sort of similar to our day. You know, in a wedding feast, you, you send out an invitation months ahead of time to say, 
hold this date. And then uh, you, you sent to say, uh, this is when the party's going to be. And in those days, you didn't give an exact time and date. You sort of gave a few days. Just, you know, they didn't have catering companies then. And uh, you had to do a lot to prepare for the, the meal. So you could give a general couple days. And you sent the invitation, but then once it got closer and the party was at hand and on that day, the meal's going to be prepared, then you send out the servants to say, okay, now's the time for the party. But what was happening here is the people, uh, they refused the invitations. But that that didn't thwart God. That didn't thwart the king who represents God in this story. And he, he sent out servants again to them. So he is actively pursuing us and you. This is the, the way of God's kingdom. It is actively pursuing us with, with generosity and celebration. And again, you heard that in, in Sed's story of just how he, he heard that, that call, that call of Asaph. He, he, he heard that call not once, but, but twice that God actively pursues us, you and me and our friends and our enemies. That's who God is pursuing. That's the way of the kingdom. He wants you and me, he wants all to come to his party to celebrate life. We also see in this passage how humans, we humans can respond to God. Um, how the, God's kingdom can intersect uh, our broken, sinful world because uh, we, we see how the humans, people like you and me and others, we Look for ways to refuse God's invitation. We, we, in a sense, want to throw our own party. What, what uh, um, Jesus uh, tells is that these, the folks that were refusing the invitation, they went back to their own farm, to their own business. And farms and businesses represent their own livelihood, their own self-sufficiency. They didn't want to depend upon God's provision. They wanted to, to make their own. They wanted to throw their own party. And, and farms and businesses are good things. I mean, we enjoy farms and the pro- what farms produce and, and businesses and the jobs they provide and the products that they, that they uh, provide as well. We, so they're not bad things, but it's, it's a, a temptation, a human temptation to want to throw our own party instead of depend and trust upon God. We, we want to be in control um, ourselves. And, and we, even with good things, like I said, farms and businesses are good things. There's other things. We, we think we can provide for our own celebration of life through our own family, through our own um, nation, through our own health. Um, through good things of this world, but they are not what provides the full celebration of God, the full celebration of life. Only God does. We, we can even do that with church. We, we can make think church is what's going to provide us with the full celebration of life when it's only God. And that particularly is the case here. I mean, because Jesus is telling this story to a group of religious leaders, a group of, of folks who give a lot of time and attention uh, to spiritual practices, to religious institutions, to religious traditions. And they got too focused on doing the things of God instead of God. I had that I was reminded of that a couple of weeks ago. Um, you may recall a couple of weeks ago in the, the sermon talked about hunger. And talked about um, uh, what we're hungry for. 
and encouraged you to take um, uh, 10 minutes each day, uh, five minutes just journaling, writing down, talking to God, saying, this is what I'm hungry for, God. And then taking five minutes just to listen, to, to, to see if God's Spirit might um, uh, place uh, a thought within you or poke or prod you in some way. And ask God, God, what are you hungry for in me? So I did that. Um, and you know, as I did that, I had my journals writing down, and I got intense. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm hungry for. This is what I want. And laid that before God and then said, all right, God, what are you hungry for in me? And it was just the wildest experience, not not like said, shared. It wasn't an audible voice, but just in my very spirit, just felt this sense of relax, chill out, calm down. And had that, that passage um, that's also in Matthew where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are who labor and are heavy laden. For I will give you rest. For I am gentle. And my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That, that came to mind in that moment. And it was a good correction in that moment of, Oh, I'm getting so focused on evangelism and, and justice and, and uh, the the... The, the church that I'm forgetting that I'm really in a party with Jesus and he's the one that I'm hungry for ultimately. And he's the only one that satisfies my deepest hunger. And, and notice in this passage as we continue after god has made his invitation to those that were invited and they rebuffed his invitation then um god's judgment comes and it comes two times in this passage we'll talk about it a little bit later uh, a little more but in this one um basically he, he said the those that rebuffed him you know in a sense they get what they wanted they they said no we we don't want to come to your party we're, we're going to take care of ourselves. Well, then they get what they wanted. And it is a jarring judgment of God. In a sense, they took their lives in their own hands. And when they do that, then they, they don't want to be with God. Then they're not with God. But God is the one who is life. God is the one who is love. God is the one who is, who is right and, and good. And so when we separate ourselves from God, then we're separating ourselves from the one who is life, who is love, and who is good. And that judgment, it's not a scare tactic. Jesus isn't trying to scare us. He's just saying, this is the reality. I mean, it's stark, it's intense, and it's jarring, but it's true. The place we find life and celebrate life is with God, and that's what God invites us to. And his, his abundant, generous celebration, then after that act of judgment, then expands to even more people. Because then the, the king, as we're told in the parable, uh, after um, bringing his judgment against those that uh, refused his invitation, then he expands the invitation to all. He tells them, go, go on all the roads, on the, the roads and gather, go wherever you can and gather whomever you can, good and bad, gather them all, bring them to the party. I mean, he goes off the invite list. 
He just says, go get them all. And in that context, it would have been, go to the Gentiles, go to the outsiders, go to all the people that are not connected to the religious community at all. Go get them now. And what we'll see here in the last part of the passage um, is a, uh, a biblical, uh, a kingdom definition of two words that have been so politicized today. Liberal and conservative. In the kingdom, we're going to see right here that God is liberal and he's also conservative. He's very liberal in his invitation. It has nothing to do with our political connotations today. It has everything to do with God being the one who wants all to come and know him. Any and all. The good and the bad. Um, he, he wants the good. Sometimes we think that the good don't need God. You know, the ones that are healthy, the ones that are successful, the ones that are happy, the ones that are good citizens. Well, they don't really need God. Yes, they do. And, and in their soul, in their heart, they know that they do. On the other hand, we think of the bad. You know, think of the, the criminals, the ones that are unhealthy, the ones that are angry, the ones that are murderers, that they're beyond help. No, they're not. The invitation is for all the good and the bad. And God is liberal with his invitation. And if you're hearing this today, if you're hearing my voice today and you have any sense that God has not invited you to the party, then I want to tell you clearly that Jesus says that is not the case. That God wants you to come to His party. God has created you to love Him, to know Him, and to celebrate the life that God has given to you. There is no one that is outside the expansive embrace of God's liberal invitation. No matter where you are, what you were just doing, what you have just been thinking, or what you will do tomorrow, God's invitation is to you. And if today is the day you're like, I'm tired of trying to throw my own party, I'm ready to celebrate at God's party. If today is the day that you accept his invitation, then simply say to God, God, I accept your invitation. I want to celebrate life as you've created me to live it. And, and if that's the case, then I, then just find another Jesus follower, another Christian and tell them, this is what I did. I, I, I want to accept God's invitation. What do I do now? And they'll help you and walk with you what it means now to live in the fullness of God's kingdom today. Or it's actually a journey that we now are on of learning to live into God's kingdom. Um, today. Um, but if you don't have anybody that you're comfortable saying or anybody that you think you can talk to about that, then um, tell me that's what you did. Come in and uh, uh, email me at info at chpc.org. That's info at chpc.org so that we will um, uh, and just tell me on that email. Yeah, I accepted God's invitation. What do I do now? And we'll Get together and we'll walk through and talk about what this journey is like to live in the fullness of God's kingdom. Now, for others um, that are hearing this, who are already followers of Jesus, you've accepted his invitation, then you, you need to be reminded, you know, be liberal with your invitation to others. 
Be liberal as you, with, with your voice, sharing of how God has brought you peace, has brought you um, purpose, has, has taught you to, to love, has given you forgiveness and, and grace and mercy. Be, um, be sharing that invitation and that news with anyone and everyone you can, whether it's in person, whether it's on the phone, or whether it's online. And I know it's a challenge these days to do that because of social distancing and all the rest. And I have to confess with you that I'm terrible at this in this in this new way of communicating um, doing so much online and zoom meetings so you be praying for me i'll be praying for you let's pray for the church how we can in this day in this time in these means continue to make this invitation as broad as the kingdom of god is to any and to all. And also be praying for Alpha as we're wondering how can we do this. We're, we're committed to doing it this fall in some way, shape, or form. Be in prayer for Alpha and be praying for how you can participate and invite others um, to uh, uh, engage with th- this particular ministry to help folks who are considering, uh, exploring, curious about what it means um, to walk um, with Jesus, to, to live uh, for God. <clears throat> now, so, um, this, uh, as I've been saying, you know, this, this is a picture then of God's kingdom, of God's rules, what it's like to live in, in God's house. The, the invitation is extended to all good and bad. And that is how you see how God is very liberal. But here, you see how God is very conservative. And very focused. Because we have an intense scene here. Again, an intense scene of God's judgment. The king comes to the party. With, that is now full. The wedding feast, the wedding hall is full. And he comes and he finds someone, we're told, who's not wearing the right clothes. Doesn't have on the wedding garment. Now, what was common in first century uh, was when you showed up to a wedding feast like that, they gave you a robe. They gave you a particular garment, a particular wedding garment for you to wear. And it was a way of you identifying with the king, that you were part of the king's guests um, and unified with all who were there um, submitting to the king and enjoying the king's provisions. And so when the king uh, sees a guest who didn't wear the, the wedding garment, um, when he found someone who was glad to eat the king's food, but didn't want to wear the king's clothes, then he threw him out. It was God's judgment on him. And the guest knew that he was in the wrong. He knew that he snuck in and uh, was avoiding what it meant to really be and participate in the party of God. Because when the king confronted him, he was speechless. The guest didn't really want to identify with the king. Didn't want to submit to the king's rules, to the ways of the kingdom. Even though those ways are life-giving. Even though they are filled with love and truth and righteousness and justice. This guest still wanted to keep his own control. He wanted to come to the king's party, to the king's house. But he wanted to live according to the rules of his house. You don't get to accept the invitation to the king's house, but live according to the rules at your house. So you see 
This grand liberal invitation is for a conservative focused singular purpose of living, celebrating life according to the way of the kingdom of God. To accept the free invitation of God to his party means we party with God at God's house according to the ways of God's kingdom. Really, in our context, in modern day America, uh, we wouldn't come to a, a party and not put on the clothes. That just doesn't make sense in our, our day. Uh, what what would make sense in our day, I think, is to say um, what we want to do is we want to throw a party. I want to throw a party at my house um, and I want to invite God to my party so that God will bless it. You know, so that God will be there just in case. You know, sort of like a security guard if something goes wrong. Or um, be able to, to take care of things if they get out of hand. Or will he'll be a, like a great, grand, a rich uncle who, who shows up and makes provision for all that we need at the party. I, I want to throw my party and invite God to it. You know, I want God to bless my plans. Instead of me going to God's house, God's party, to submit to God's plans, which in, are more life-giving. They're the ones of true love and, and true goodness and right. I'd rather do it my way than God's. So the, the way of the kingdom of God, the way of the kingdom of heaven is to accept God's invitation on this journey of living with God as God created us to live. And that's what leads to this celebration. I wonder for a moment how we might be, you, and how I might be wearing my own clothes instead of God's clothes at God's party. What what are some ways that maybe you're still holding out part of your life from God? You're still holding on to that that control. There's a part of you that wants to throw your own party instead of go to God's. What, what part of your life are you foolishly trying to keep for yourself? Refusing to submit it to God. You're keeping that control for yourself. It's foolish, but we do it. Maybe out of lack of trust, maybe out of arrogance, out of fear. I, I don't know, but we still do it. We hold on to ourself instead of fully giving ourselves to God and God's kingdom. And we oppose then the way of God in our lives. Let's admit that. Let's confess it. Let's put it um, before God. And let's receive again God's full invitation to us. And we see here, and this is combination of, of God's liberal invitation, his conservative focus, that we as a, a church that is seeking to grow a diverse community of Jesus followers, that we have that same broad invitation. We want to grow. We want more people to come, diverse as can be, from all walks of life, good and bad and all in between, to come be a part of a community that is focused singularly on following Jesus together. That's the picture of the kingdom of God. So God's liberal invitation is to you, to me, to the good, to the bad, to God's party that celebrates your life, my life, celebrates the gift of God's life as we seek singularly focused on following Jesus together. Remember, don't think that the the things of this world 
will really bring life to us like God will. They won't. And some of you know it, and you're ready today to accept God's invitation and do it. I mean, you're ready. I'm coming to God's party. I'm tired of trying to throw my own. And and, and also, don't think that we can come to God's party on our own terms. I mean, we can't fool God. God's not coming to our party. Um, We are invited to God's. And it's the ultimate celebration of life, of your life and my life and the gift of God's life in us. But it's God's party, not mine, not yours. So today, that essential truth is that God has invited you to God's party to wear God's clothes, to eat God's food, to celebrate the life that God has given to each one of us and to enjoy that life in the fullness of God's generosity and abundance. In the midst of a broken world, in the midst of mess within us and all around us, God invites us to celebrate life in Him. Amen.